Let's begin with Devotional 2, Rahab. Shall we begin with a prayer? Father, in the name of Jesus, as we go back into your word to study another character, another woman of God, another person fashioned by you, I pray, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, that we're able to take godly attributes in this story, godly attributes from this woman of God so that it forms us so that we don't just listen to this we don't it isn't just something that we just do to pass the time but instead it really is something that challenges us to look and become more like you so that you can get the ultimate glory in Jesus name so let's get your scriptures for Rahab the scriptures for the Rahab's devotional are as follows. Joshua 2, verse 1 to 16. Joshua 2, verse 21 to 22. Joshua 16, verse 17. Joshua 6, verse 17. Joshua 6, 22 to 25. Matthew 1, verse 5. Hebrews 11, verse 31. James 2, verse 22 to 25. Okay, so Rahab actually isn't a lesser known character in scripture. Actually, I think she's she's been widely reported. If you do your own research on Rahab, you'll find a lot of materials outside of the Bible on Rahab. There's a lot of teachings and sermons and all sorts of things on Rahab. However, you know, for me in prayer, I felt like we couldn't do a biblical devotional on biblical heroines without looking at Rahab. She's feisty. She is what some would call a wild card. Much of the story and much of the character and much of the life that happens with Rahab, we see we see a foreshadowing. We see a foreshadowing of our coming saviour. We see a lot of grace and mercy, forgiveness. You'll find the majority of Rahab's story in Joshua, the book of Joshua. And more importantly, it is it's centred around this, uh, not really her story. It, it was never her story. It's centred around the, the story of the Israelites. It's centred around the story of Joshua. We, Interestingly enough, if you haven't read last week's or listened to last week's devotional Miriam go back and listen to that because again Miriam's story had provided a backdrop between the beginning of the journey of the Israelites out of Egypt and into their promised land but we also noted back then that Miriam and her generation did not actually get to see the promised land so go back listen to that devotional but here we are now with this new generation Many of them had been born into the wilderness, which, I mean, beggars belief. For you to have never known Egypt, which some would say is fantastic, but to be born into the wilderness, somewhat directionless, be raised by parents who were suffering from trauma and then had been in the wilderness for a number of years. And even though they had seen the goodness of God and the power of his might by by moments like the Red Sea, which we also discussed in, in Devotional One, we also know that they had something, sometimes bitterness in their hearts. 
But now they were about to step into their promise and God gave Joshua various instructions. But one of the instructions that he gave them was for them to go and spy the land. And this is where we meet Rahab. And if you go to Joshua chapter 2, this is where the story of Rahab really comes alive. And we have these men that are about to step in to their promise. They're about to step in to the place that their fathers had spoken about, that actually it wasn't a myth. It is true. It isn't Santa Claus. There is actually a promised land. And we have been instructed to go and and spy that land. Now, there were already occupants in that land, which I also find always find so interesting in studying scripture, that where God had instructed them to go, people already resided. Now, that means that those people must have been out of sync. And I do think that one of the first challenges before we even meet Rahab is, God, position us according to our purpose. I do not want to be occupying a place that is actually meant for somebody else. I would like to be occupying the place that is meant for me. Nevertheless, the spies, they they had went into a land that was occupied. The king of Jericho, who was a king at that time, obviously wanted to hold on to his land. So they weren't just about to walk into somebody else's land and say, oh, you know, God gave this to me. Oh, great. Thanks. Okay, here you go. No, there was always going to be some sort of war. And that's a message for somebody as well, is that sometimes, the, but yes, it is yours. It doesn't mean it's going to be handed to you. Yes, the job is yours. It doesn't mean they're just going to be begging you for a start date. Sometimes there's a little bit of contention before you receive your promise. Sometimes, although God has given you the promise and he is not man that he should lie, sometimes there's an, he wants you to pull something out of you, which comes by way of contention, which comes by way of war, what actually prepares you for the promise. She takes, she, the Bible actually says, the Bible says, so they went there and they came to a harlot named Rahab and they lodged there from the New King James Version. What's interesting is straight off the back, the Bible says that she was a harlot. Straight off the bat, the Bible lets us know her sin. Straight off the bat, the Bible lets us know her mistakes. Straight off the bat, the Bible lets us know her failure. And what's so interesting is we live in a time now where everything is supposed to look perfect. Everything's supposed to look great. We don't live in a time where we're supposed to actually showcase our failures. We don't live in a time where we're supposed to showcase our weaknesses, even though Jesus said that his strength is made perfect in our weakness. Our Instagram, you know, it's it isn't designed for weaknesses. Our our Insta stories or our Snapchat or whatever have you isn't designed for the time where we have bad days. But here the Bible put it straight out, up and down. This is who she was. This is what she did. And this was her name. Now, God led them there. And irrespective, this is point three, irrespective of her sin, irrespective of her failure, irrespective of her mistakes, God used her. And I would challenge us today when listening to this devotional to really reflect upon the things that we have deemed a mistake, we have deemed failures, and we have also deemed something that we feel God cannot use us through. Rahab was positioned because of her sin. 
it was, or it's even better to say it this way, Rahab was positioned irrespective of her sin. And we begin to see that actually it's not by works, it's not by works that any man must boast. Our righteousness is like filthy rags before God. We already begin to see right there and then, right there and then, that actually who she was did not prevent her from coming in contact with men of God. And I think there are still a lot of people that go to church. There's still a lot of people that will listen to this devotional and still struggle with the belief that who they are and what they do prevents them from going towards the holy God. And that is a lie from Satan. In fact, Paul said it perfectly. There isn't anything that can separate us from the love of God. Rahab would have been the least of these. Paul said, I am the least of these. Rahab would have been, by virtue of her occupation, the least of these. But in fact, she was used by God. Point two that I would like to bring out to you, which you'll find so interestingly also in chapter two. So get the whole, you know, sit down with a cup of tea, read the whole one to 16. But in particular, this is in verse nine. This is after she's hidden them after they've come to ask where the men are and she says she doesn't know where they are even though she's prepared a place for them in her in 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 arguably you know what she uses as a place of sin she's prepared a place for them and that has hidden them from the king of Jericho so that they're able to do what God's called them to do and in verse 9 she says something she says I know that the Lord God has given you the land that the terror of you has fallen on us and that all inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. Verse 10, it says, For we have heard the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt. Now, what I find interesting here, and it has to be noted because I think there's something for our life here, it's the fact that Rahab was not your church girl. Rahab wasn't an Israelite. She didn't have the story of Egypt. She wasn't at the Red Sea. Her ancestors were not at the Red Sea. She hasn't she hadn't travailed through the wilderness. She hadn't heard the stories of Moses and Miriam and Aaron. She was a harlot who by trade should not have been connected to a godly and a holy God. But she believed. And why did she believe? She believed because of what she had heard God do in the life of another. And that's amazing to me. That's super interesting. That's super interesting. She said, she said, because I know that the Lord, she said the Lord, she even called him the Lord, a Lord that she did not know, a God that she did not know, but had been introduced by the work of that God through the life of somebody else. That's the power of our testimony. That's the power of our life unto worship. That means that sometimes people will look at you. Some pe- you're listening to this devotional, and I actually feel so strongly on my heart, actually, that some people are listening to this devotional and they're just thinking, what's the point? They're listening to the devotional and they're thinking, what I do doesn't matter. The school run doesn't matter. Nobody cares. I'm cooking dinner again. You know, the mundane of life, like we saw with Miriam, just being the sister. 
and we and we looked at the Red Sea as a moment, and it's so easy to look at the mundane of life or what we think what we think we are, who we think we are, and we don't think it matters, but it does matter because every miracle in your life actually invites someone else to call out God Lord. Somebody who may never step into a church, somebody who doesn't know about this pastor or that pastor or this senior leader or that prophetess, but they've just seen the good works of God in your life. They've just seen the good works of the Lord Jesus in your life. And because of that, they said, I, she said, I know. She said, I know. What makes, what made her know? But she just knew. She knew that the Lord had given them the land. She knew that she occupied. She knew that she was able to be, she was occupying a place that wasn't for her. Because of what God had revealed to her, because it is deep revelation, but I do believe that God reveals not only to, to, to the saints, he, rele- he, he reveals to those that believe. He, he, he reveals to those that believe. And she wasn't an Israelite. She was a Gentile. She was us. She was you and I. It's the fir- well, the first steps, you know where I'm going with this. This It's the first steps that the gospel of Christ Jesus isn't just for the Jews, but for the Gentiles too. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ Jesus, for it is power unto salvation, first to the Jews and then to the Gentiles. And long before the cross, and long before Calvary, and long before the blood of Jesus, long before the manger, there was a prostitute called Rahab who believed and was accepted by virtue of her faith. God give us the gift of faith in the name of Jesus. I want to bring out another part to you because I think this is also amazing. And this is in verse 12. She says, listen, I am (laughs) paraphrasing here. But open your scriptures and highlight this. She says, listen, I've shown you kindness here. I have shown you kindness. Now, when you come back, and I know that you will get this land, as I've just said, she had the faith, she just knew, even though she wasn't an Israelite. She said, when you come back and and I've shown you kindness, now you will not only, can you show me kindness? And you will not only show me kindness, you'll show my father, my mother, my brother, my sisters, we will all be saved from death. And we therefore meet more than Rahab the prostitute. We meet Rahab the negotiator. We meet meet Rahab the shrewd negotiator. And us as women, or if you're a man and you're listening to this, us as people, the Bible says, be wise as a serpent and humble as a dove. We should be negotiators. We should ask for the wisdom of God to negotiate. Very much like Miriam did. We're seeing another common thread here. Because when Miriam said, hold on, let me find you somewhere to breastfeed the child. And she brought her mum. It's, it's the wisdom of God that unlocks the mysteries of God. And, and it's only God that can give us that wisdom. And she negotiated. She said, I've done this for you. Can you do this for me? Can I be attached to your faith? Faith makes you move things. Faith isn't just something you do on a Sunday. Faith isn't just about listening to this devotional. The challenges that come through for Rahab this week, they'll be just as wild as Rahab. Go and do something afraid. Go and pray for some revelation and do something afraid. Take action negotiate for the better salary quit the job 
Leave the dodgy relationship. I'm not sure what it is, but it's more than sitting in the pews singing a song. It could be the fact that actually by her faith, when she looked at the life of a God that she had not grown up with and her faith unlocked, brought the salvation of her whole family. It brought the salvation of her whole family. Joshua 6 verse 17 Now the city shall be doomed by the Lord to destruction, it and all who are in it. Only Rahab the harlot shall live, she and all who are with her in the house, because she hid the messengers that were sent. Now we're two, three chapters on, two, three chapters on, when the, when they came back, when the Israelites came back and they did destroy Jericho and God gave them instruction to destroy Jericho, they actually remembered Rahab. They remembered the faith of Rahab. They remembered the action of Rahab. It wasn't the testimony of Rahab. It wasn't the fact that Rahab said, oh, I believe that, you know, what God done for you in the Red Sea is fantastic and I believe that this land is yours. So because I believe that with you, could you save my family too? No, it wasn't that. It was her action of hiding them. Attach your faith with some action this week. Attach your faith with some action. Because she hid the messengers that were sent. Not because of her faith, although we know it is an action of faith that allowed her to, to hide them in the first place. The Bible doesn't record, it doesn't record that it was by her faith. The Bible records it was by the action produced by her faith. What is your faith producing? Which actions, which action, which godly actions in your life is your, is, is your faith producing? We see, as I mentioned earlier, so much foreshadowing, so much foreshadowing of, of, of the coming of Christ Jesus, but none like the scarlet robe. Joshua 2, verse 21 to 22. Then she said, According to your words, so be it. And she sent them away, and they departed. And she bound the scarlet cord in the window. The scarlet robe. We see how amazing. We see that the, the Israelites instructed her to hang out a scarlet rope, a red rope. And that scarlet rope will indicate that that house should be saved. They went on to say, actually, that anyone that's outside that house will be destroyed. But anyone that's inside that house, it will be on them if they are destroyed. And so she hung out a scarlet rope. That scarlet rope is a foreshadowing for the blood of Jesus. Some may look, oh, say what a coincidence. There isn't a, there isn't coincidence in scripture, which is why I want you to look at it yourself, open the Bible yourself. You'll see there the blood of Jesus, just like what he told the Israelites to do with, with the lamb. And it will pass over. We see another one, hang it out on your house. And it's the same thing for us. And even though that she was not part of the people, she was included in the promise. And that's the foreshadow of Jesus Christ. So a, a prostitute? I think but the Bible and God, the heart of God is he's trying to say, look, there isn't anything that you do 
that is above the power of the my blood. There isn't anything that you can do that is above the power, above the power of the blood of Jesus, above the power of my resurrection. And, and, and it's beautifully demonstrated through the life of Rahab. She was obedient and she put the scarlet rope out and the whole of Jericho was destroyed except her family. It demonstrates the grace of God. And we see in, in, in the New Testament, in Matthew chapter 1, verse 5. Matthew 1, verse 5. Salmon begot Boaz by Rahab. Boaz begot Obed by Ruth. Obed begot Jesse, and Jesse begot David the king. We see this little prostitute girl in the New Testament. And where do we find her? Amongst the descendants of Jesus Christ. Rahab had been crafted a Gentile, arguably long before Cornelius, the Gentile that is converted later on in the New Testament. Long before that, we see the first Gentile of faith crafted into God's promise. Not only crafted, she begat Boaz. Everyone loves a little bit of Boaz, don't they? But look where he came from. And Ruth and David and our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. And Rahab, because of the action connected to her faith, is part of the bloodline of Jesus Christ. I'll close this devotional with this scripture because I think it sums up what, what the point of this devotional via Rahab is. And it's in James chapter 2, verse 25. And we hear it and we hear it time and time and time again, don't we? Faith without works is dead. But look what outrageous works were done by virtue of faith. What, what will you do this week? What will you do this month? I don't know when you'll come across this devotional. But the challenge, the challenge, just in case you don't receive it, just in case it doesn't come via your phone or the app, the challenge is the Bible says that she was saved because she hid the messengers. That's the action by virtue of faith. But the Bible doesn't say she was saved by her faith. I don't think she would have hid the messengers if she did not have faith. But the Bible doesn't specify the faith. What is your action of faith this week? James said, for without works, faith is dead. I think it's more than I, I attended church on Sunday. God wants more. How will you highlight and write down the things that you have believed, the lie that you have believed is separating you, but there is a scarlet rope the scarlet rope is the blood of Jesus and it says that nothing will separate us from the love of God. But write down and identify them so they do not, ex so they do not prevent you from providing the actions of faith that hopefully will not only save you, but save an entire generation. In Jesus' name, Amen.